0: Hello, my name's this is Social Distancer, and this is episode 218, yeah, already, episode 218, and we have got a stonking show today, because the uh, dial on the news is turned up to 11, uh, the old, that fucking old man has died, oh Christ, and also, um, big news, a massive uh, UFO story coming out of the United States, which are covering Paranormal Blip, after the outro music. But before that, some wise words and a very good question by David Berman, the genius behind the Silver Jews. Here he is. What if life is just some hard equation on a
1: chalkboard
0: Very good questions, I couldn't have put it better myself. Now, it's been a crazy week, I mean, extraordinary. A couple of days ago, it was quite quiet, and then it all exploded all over the world. Um, The death of Prince Philip has, in most quarters, been marked with the kind of, you know, dutiful respect you would expect. Um, (laughs) But not by me! Because I cannot forgive this doddery old fucker for protecting his son who is after all you know it is been alleged that he raped a child this fucking Prince Andrew so you can't quite forgive the old Prince Philip for going along with the Queen's wishes that for some reason we weird that isn't it that you know if you're the son of the Queen and Prince Philip you can just you know not Speak to law enforcement. Amazing that that can happen. So, you know, whereas everyone else is dutifully saying, Oh, yeah, oh, what a great guy. They're, they're coming up with, I mean, the first thing to know is that in the UK, it is so deathly dull, just, you know, guest after guest, the, the broadcast media is just covered in these special shows that are kind of put in play. I don't know how long it's going to be, but uh, today, For the rest of the day, it's just like put in place, you know, news. um, There's nothing to fucking report. The guy's dead. That's it. Yeah. But nevertheless, you know, one person after another, usually, you know, fucking old white people in their 70s talking about how wonderful plain spoken. They're trying. They're not. They're really saying like trying to avoid the word racism, (laughs) avoid the word racist, not great. You know to uh, describe that racist as a racist, but, you know, so plain-spoken and frank and, uh, you know, that kind of thing, irreverent, irreverent humor, yes, much of which, of course, I couldn't repeat on the broadcast this afternoon, but very, very funny man, yes, he was a very funny man. So they're trying to not talk about how he was just a fucking obsessive racist and trying to talk about how he obviously you know nobody is mentioning prince andrew so of course it's my job to just fucking say there are millions of people probably most of them are not going to be kind of too outspoken about it in the next couple of days but millions of people who are just thinking well okay fine you lived an amazing life of utter privilege and you live to be 99 years old for christ's sake so you know you're not really going to be missed couldn't give a toss like I really couldn't give a toss he actually got in the way of like somebody that had raped a girl a a child being questioned uh, by the police do you know what I mean like I mean that is far more important to me than you know kind of doffing my fucking cap Uh, now also uh, along those lines though yeah the good though that he died because um it, it means that i can uh, promote paranormal blip because he was into ufos yeah i wonder if you listen to paranormal blip yeah probably not but uh, nobody fucking listens to paranormal blip apart from a couple of blip you do poor choice listens and my brother listens as well so that's good isn't it yeah And speaking about my brother who lived in bristol for years he doesn't now i was just looking at there's loads of bristol activity in the last couple of years in um well ufo activity in bristol i should say 2016 uh the coppers whole the bloody bristol coppers who are usually beating up activists they got in their copper chopper and they filmed a ufo to 2016 september 2016. so that's interesting anyway uh yeah great old paranormal blip coming it's the biggest news of the week there's no question about it including that old fucker dying um bigger than that oh yeah much bigger than that anyway we've got a show for you now this week Joanna had sent a fantastic report from Scotland, gives us an opportunity to look at Scotland in some detail, and I'm going to be talking about the AstraZeneca uh, blood clot thing, which isn't, you know, not too much to say about that, but I'll cover that, and uh, you know, looking like the trajectory is pretty good. Weirdly, this morning I felt uh, pretty rough, and I still feel quite rough at the end of the day, and... I did a COVID test uh, just because I felt so bad and I don't have COVID, which is good. At least the LFT, the lateral flow test, says that I don't. But I'll talk about them later as well because they're not uh, 100% reliable. Um, yeah, so that is the show. Have
1: oh, yeah, you ever seen the sunshine? No, not pork. Sunshine. I didn't say Pork. I know you've seen Park. Is that sunshine.
0: So we're still on holiday here, Easter holiday, and we're going to see some fantastic friends in the next couple of days. Can't wait. Oh, let's have a party. Party. Put the music on.
1: Buckingham Palace has announced the death of His Royal Highness, the Duke of Edinburgh.
0: Oh, what a downer, what a downer. Anyway, who's got the pingos? So Joanna sent through a summary of her uh, year, kind of. You'll hear that in a minute, but it does give us an opportunity to take a look at the COVID year in Scotland. And um, so this is quite interesting. Obviously, Scotland has been, uh, you know, kind of massively affected by the the Johnson effect the sausage effect uh, being the closer you are to Boris Johnson the worse you're going to be basically and Joanna talks about how there's a general consensus that Nicholas Sturgeon has done a better job than Boris Johnson (laughs) Um, which isn't saying much talk about fucking um, fainting with taint phrase what's that phrase? painting with taint pays yeah I think it's that to with Pint, three years. Um, I can do that, though, because my mother was uh, Scottish. <laughs> right, yeah, do you know, my dad met the Queen. Did you know that? Probably didn't know that. Fucking nobody knows, but I do know. And he was totally like, what the hell are we doing? Like, wake up, everybody, wake up. Wake up, everybody, wake up. So anyway, but they didn't wake up though, did they? No, they kept doffing their bloody eggs. Eggs. Yeah, that's what they did. It sounds like a squash right that doesn't it? Eggs. I'm not feeling very well. <laughs> right. What um, my symptoms are, by the way, because I know I just, in a very slapdash manner, said, oh, yeah, I just did a COVID test, yeah. But it came out negative. Um, I woke up this morning, and I felt like, oh, cool, this isn't very good. I don't feel very well. I've got. Uh, I, I saw some friends yesterday, in the manner of two households merging, outside social distance, all very you know, um, all very hush hush, <laughs> all very you know, what's the word? Responsible, and uh, very g- close friends who've been you know just as careful as as, as we have in my household. And it was brilliant seeing them. And we went on a great big walk, which was lush, man. Bloody lush. And um, we've both got two, uh, we've both got one boy each, one son each. And so the sons just loved spending time with each other, you know, incredibly. Uh, Talk about Scotland, old uh, Neil was talking about that, wasn't he? Yeah, the impact that COVID has had on uh, children And so it was really important that they spent a bit of time together outside. It was fantastic. It was really nice to catch up. I felt absolutely normal, like, you know, fine. And then I don't know why, but anyway, I I think I've just got a cold, but I also feel achy and stuff. And you know what I'm like, we've got, because, you know, we work in education, we've got these bloody tests, like hundreds of tests in the house. So I thought Mm -hmm. I'd do one of them. But anyway, it came out um, negative, yes. Um, So that's good, isn't it? But anyway, that's kind of... Not that I need to make excuses to ramble to you, but... um, Oh, by the way, the Laurie Anderson uh, episode of... um, What's his name? Andy... What's that guy? The ramble dude. Fucking forgotten his name. Um, Hold on a sec. Adam Buxton, that's it. Adam Buxton. Adam Buxton. If you don't listen to Adam Buxton's podcast he did an interview with Laurie Anderson the other day and Laurie Anderson tells this amazing story about how she got a phone call at some point, I think it was the, in the 1990s, from David Bowie saying, I think you are a mind reader. Sit by your fax machine and we will fax images to each other. Um, and they did this, they, like, not just images, like a kind of you know star or whatever, but um, like quite detailed it seemed like quite detailed drawings containing lots of different elements and 10 out of 10 there was some kind of connection like a you know the same element in 10 out of 10 of the pictures Isn't that amazing Yeah. so barry was right obviously she is a bloody mind reader uh, it's a really good interview and um far be it for me to give the old Bucksmeister, some more listeners. But if you're not listening to him, then what the hell are you doing? Because uh, he's a goodie, that guy, isn't he? Yeah, really good. Anyway, uh, I've totally gone off the point here. Oh, yeah, rambling, yeah. <laughs> God. Well, now, this is brain fog. I mean, I don't have COVID, but, like, you know, this you can see why I did a fucking test, can't you? Like, I'm all over the bloody place. Right, anyway, get back to Scotland. So get back to Scotland! Right, so... Summary of Scotland, we have um, basically, uh, you know, it it has been affected by the fact that, uh, you know, they're quite close to, to Britain. You know, to, <laughs> to quite close to London and quite close to um, to Boris Johnson. Yeah, any other podcast would edit that out, but I quite like the seams. You know, I'm a big fan of seams. Oh, yeah, lovely. Seams, I said. Right, cases and testing in Scotland. We've got, since the start of the outbreak, as at 9th of April, as at 9th of April, which is today. That's not very good at language, is it? But anyway, maybe it's a kind of data writing thing. So let's now take a look at how Scotland compares to um, some of the countries that are roughly the same size. So the population of Scotland is five and a half million. Population of Ireland is just under five million and Denmark is 5.8 million, okay, roughly. So first of all we're going to take a look at confirmed positive cases. In Scotland 221,431. So 224,000. Sorry, 221,000. In Ireland 238,000. In Denmark 235,000. So that's interesting like it's actually quite um the sausage effect, you know, she's put a, a good shield of I don't know how you deter a sausage. How do you deter a sausage? But whatever it is, she's worked it out, hasn't she, Sturgeon? She's worked out how to deter the sausage because they have had less. I mean, Ireland is you know a smaller population, but Denmark is a bigger population, and they have got less cases than both Ireland and. Um, Scotland and uh, Denmark. Right so the other big one of course is deaths. With the death certificate, on the death certificate up to the 4th of April 9,997 deaths and 7,626 have died within the 28 days. So since the beginning of the you know, outbreak. So that's um, you know it's, it's not great, is it? Let's see how that comf- uh, compares to these two countries. Well, Ireland. Oh, now this is very interesting. Actually, very interesting. So even though they've got f- fewer cases, the case positive whatever that's called death ratio, the death case ratio is worse in Scotland, quite significantly worse, because in Ireland they've only had four thousand seven hundred and. 37 deaths and in Denmark they've only had 2,437 deaths and is it true is that right is it right that, that New Zealand has only had 26 deaths what on earth that's extraordinary isn't it unbelievable so there now we do see the sausage effect so you know bad, bad, really bad. <clears throat> Nearly 10,000, well over now 10,000 people dead in Scotland. So, and then it, they go on to talk about the um, the breakdown of deaths, which is quite quite interesting. 33% of COVID-19 registered deaths related to deaths in care homes. Uh, I think that's um, quite, quite the same. Is it roughly the same in, in um, England, I think, as well? So anyway so here is um, Joanna.
2: Hi so this is Joanna and I live in Scotland so this is just a little bit about my Covid experience so Covid has been bad here I don't think it's been quite as bad here as it has been in England but still been bad there's a general feeling that, that while Boris Johnson hasn't done a great job Nicola Sturgeon has, Um, and I think there's the general feeling she's worked really hard. Of course, we could have probably done some things differently, gone into lockdown earlier, come out of it later. We've had slightly different rules to England in terms of our tier system, it's been slightly different and our timings, but it's been round about the same-ish um as England and yeah so yeah so at the start of lockdown last year I was uh, living on my own I live on my own and I really felt like I wasn't was going to struggle to survive lockdown the idea of being isolated from everyone wasn't great which I think is probably a big problem for a lot of people. Um, Yeah, but um, so I kind of wanted to get a cat, which isn't practical because I'm allergic to cats. Um, But then I was all right. I'd spent a lot of the first lockdown looking after my gran uh, to save my dad from doing that because my mum has, you know, some underlying not not too serious conditions, but just not ideal uh, for COVID. And that was quite good in a way because it got me sort of out of the house and socialising or, you know, seeing my gran. And um, because that was before the bubble, being able to bubble with another household was brought in. Um, so as soon as that hap- bubbles happened, I bubbled with my mum and dad. So, yeah, so now it's one year on, and I'm now vaccinated fully because I made a snap decision to go into nursing in July. And so, I'm a first year student nurse. So, I've had my two vaccinations now, and um, that feels pretty good. It feels quite surreal to have my vaccinations. Um, But I guess I am a key worker, so that's why. It's also strange because at the moment I'm on a placement and in a hospital and there's no real way to social distance (laughs) when you're nursing. Uh, There's no room and it's not practical either. I mean, you're hands on helping people. So that's a bit strange. I think in my day to day life, when I'm out on placement, I I would say I'd forget about the pandemic except for the the, um, having to wear masks and and gloves and PPE and all that sort of stuff Um, but yeah so I'm very glad that this lockdown looks like it's coming to an end again because I feel like I've had enough but I've not had it bad I've not really been personally affected by COVID. I had a great aunt who died from it in Canada, but she was 99. i have been able to be furloughed from my work. And also I was teaching online as well. So I was able to do that at home. So, and I feel like I've got through it. I'm now, um, I've unbubbled from my family again, because I'm around so many people with my work, but um, that's fine. I feel like um, that's fine. Uh, Now it's coming into spring. We're now able to see people in gardens, I think, and maybe able to enter one other person's house and things are opening up again. So it feels like things are changing, which is nice. Um, And yeah. It's been, I really thought at the start, like, I wouldn't survive this. I mean, that's a bit dramatic, but I just thought this is going to be awful lockdown. But, um, March last year, but it's amazing, like, how I think we can just come through these things. Um, but I know for, that's not the case for everybody and it's going to be pretty tough for a long time for a lot of people. Um... So yeah, so I have kind of come through full circle now. I had my grand's funeral last week. She was 95 and she died a few weeks ago. Um, so that was a bit of a surreal experience of going to a funeral during covid before the restrictions. Um, but it was also fine as well. It feels it does feel like this covid thing has been going on forever now though. <laughs> So my COVID year has not been so bad. I've changed career. I got out a lot more, walking uh, like a lot of people. Um, just taking stock, really, I think. And also, I think, really looking forward to getting like a, a day trip into Edinburgh or Glasgow. Um, but I think it just makes you appreciate things. All the more, really. Um, And I realise how fortunate I am. You know, some people have lost their lives, lost their livelihoods, uh, stuck at home in horrific situations, um, struggling with the isolation of it all. So I feel quite um, fortunate. And I've been surviving on Pete's podcast to keep me up to date with everything that's going on.
0: All right. Thank you so much Joanna it's much appreciated Really brilliant to hear you And listen, take care Hear you, hear from you, hear your voice Take care in the bloody wards For crying out loud Please, take care of yourselves Put on more bloody PPE Nick it from the you know big basket of PPE And get the good stuff And put on three fucking masks When you're dealing with those motherfuckers And open the damn windows Because hospitals are notoriously bad for that and um, I went for a uh, little test, little blood test, as you do, um, in the hospital the other day. Uh, not at the hospital, the doctors, the bloody GPs, it's very, very quiet down here, but the nurse didn't have the window open, it's really infuriating, you know. I was only in there for like two minutes, you know, I've blood, it's easy to get blood out of me. Um, but no window open, you think, crying out loud, for crying out loud, so Joanna, fantastic to hear from you thank you so much for that so take care of yourself as you're wandering the corridors uh, dispensing whatever it is that you dispense <laughs> dispensing life advice uh, to the to the uh sick people of scotland hey So we had some uh, advice, new advice for people under 30 in the UK. They're going to be offered an alternative to the AstraZeneca vaccine after the um, JVCI, I think that's what they're called, Joint Vaccination Clinical uh, I. What stands for I? I. I. Maybe it's just I. (laughs) Um, They said that. 19 people have died from blood clots. 79 people have had the blood clots. The risk is tiny, absolutely like minuscule. And people are saying, well, you're more likely to choke on your you know, food that you eat. You're more likely to drown in the bath. You're more likely, far more likely to have a car crash, far more likely to crash your bike into a pane of glass that is being transported by two people. Um, across a pedestrianised walk space. Um, So, and here's Professor Lin explaining all that.
1: Acting really in the interest of safety and for public benefit, uh, JCVI feel that there are three points of advice that we would like to put across. The first is that information given to individuals who are being offered vaccination and information given to health professionals should be appropriately updated to reflect the latest considerations and deliberations by JCVI and by MHRA. The second point is that those who have received their first dose of AstraZeneca vaccine should continue to be offered the second dose of AstraZeneca vaccine according to the set schedule. And the final bit of advice is that adults who are aged 18 to 29 years old who do not have an underlying health condition that puts them at higher risk from serious COVID-19 disease should be offered an alternative COVID-19 vaccine in preference to the AstraZeneca vaccine where such an alternative vaccine is available. And perhaps it's useful to state uh, what is not advised as well. We are not advising a stop to any vaccination for any individual in any age group. We are advising a preference for one vaccine over another vaccine for a particular age group, really out of the utmost caution, uh, rather than because we have any serious safety concerns.
0: So the advice, obviously, is to take the uh, AZ jab for your second jab if you've had it and if you are under the age of 30 you will and and if they're mean, it's not a kind of hard and fast thing they're not saying don't take a astrazeneca if you're under 30 they're saying that if possible they will give you an alternative and there should be alternatives because they've got a couple coming on stream, haven't they? Yes. But I also heard that Johnson & Johnson have got blood clot issues as well. And I think that might be to do with the way that they're made. I'm not entirely sure about that. But I, I think probably it is to do with the way that they're made, isn't it? Yeah, well, it must be. Obviously, it's to do with the way they're made. Right, how are we doing with the old vaccination? We're well, pretty good, actually. We're having a big drop in the number, the total number going out as warned a couple of weeks ago well it is now april and we are getting that drop that expected drop but the vast majority of people that are being given the vaccine are now getting the second dose so it's in that kind of time frame where you know the first doses get the second dose and i should get my second dose in the next couple of uh, weeks which is good but next four weeks definitely and um yeah so that's exciting isn't it yes And uh, we're doing really well. So 12% have got the second dose, so all dosed up. And then 60% have got the first dose in the UK. That's uh, 60% of adults over the age of, well, adults, you know, people over the age of 18. Now do remember, though, please, that um, you need to be, like, really caught, Okay, here's the thing. Be cautious and stop. don't stop not being cautious, right? That's clear, isn't it? Yeah, very clear. Be cautious and don't stop not being cautious, yeah, because you don't know if this thing works on you personally. Yep, there's a good, mathematically, there's a very good chance that it will work, okay? Uh, But you don't know. And you definitely do know that it's not really fully in your system until after three weeks of you getting the jab yep so more and more people listening to this i know loads of people who've had the jab you know loads of people i also know quite a lot of people that haven't had the jab at all the jab at all so when you get the jab don't start thinking oh i've had the jab now you know we can go out partying of course you're not going to do that but you really still need to do all of the things that you need to do all the time yep and uh, Noel, by the way i said that Noel's on the show next week Maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but I'll say it again because he has recorded a, you know, typically outstanding piece of audio, um, beautiful. And he says, you know, about, yeah, like uh, keys, check, mask, check, hand sanitizer, check. And we've got to get into that. I'm sure you all are, but even after the jab and he's getting his jabs in, we uh, you've got to get into that thinking that, you know, You don't get sloppy, you know? And this is the way out of it. This is the way out of it. Now, the Southwest, because it's a holiday destination, very lucky to live in a beautiful part of the world. The Southwest is expected. The modeling shows that it is going to go up in the Southwest come the summer. And the reason for that, we we imagine although nobody hasn't said that's the only reason, really, is that people are being told to, uh, you know, kind of uh, holiday in the UK. And loads and loads of people are going to holiday in the UK, kind of, you know, a lot of people. It looks like they are going to allow countries, certain like travel, holiday travel to certain countries later on during the summer holidays in the summer, you know, like July and August, end of July and August. But we know, of course, that many, many, many people are going to come to the southwest to holiday um, more than normal. There's no question about that. So that isn't great for us, you know, for us locals. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you're outside, I mean, you go to, you're you not going to get COVID-19 at a beach, for Christ's sake. Nobody In the world of social distancing, people aren't going to come up to strangers and start talking to them on the beach. Do you know what I mean? That never happens anyway. We're British, for Christ's sake. You know, so um, in the world of social distancing, I think you're perfectly fine no matter how busy it is, you know, th- there needs to be, you know, a good 20 million people in Dartmoor for it to be busy. You know, so that's never going to happen, really. You know, it's never going to be that Dartmoor's busy. You might need to be kind of careful in the car parks and whatever else. And you may you'll, may come up against some fucking idiot. You probably will, you know. But the chances are, wherever you are in the world... Um, because I've just realised I'm just talking to myself. Now I'm ill. Have I mentioned I'm ill. Yeah, well, he did mention he was ill. As I'm dead in a couple of days. Um, the uh, wherever you are in the world, you have massive agency as to how to protect yourself. And of course, you know that differs. And I understand that. I'm incredibly lucky that I've been working from my home for fucking years. You know, and all the rest of it. But uh, having said that, you need to the basics continue doing the basics please yes episode 218 thanks for listening have a great weekend if it is the weekend and see you next week for a bumper episode featuring Noel with his outstanding new piece of audio and we're going to do a deep dive into New York and the United States and we're going to look at Biden how's Biden i spoken about Biden for a while Now we're going to look at the ant, not look at the ant, but think of the ant, 168 million years old, the ant, one, two, three, walk between the raindrops, take care of yourselves, do everything that you would expect me to say at this point and do it all, please do it, yes, and uh, after this, we're going to have paranormal blip, and by the way, I didn't realise this when I recorded Paranormal Blick the second day, but obviously I'll put all the links in the episode description of the PB stuff, Paranormal Blick, yeah, bye. See you later. <laughs> We are in Paranormal Blip. Welcome. And it has been an extraordinary week in the world of Paranormalia because a couple of days ago, George Knapp released some photos that he has actually had for two years, and it's taken him two years to uh, kind of, you know, in negotiation with the American authorities to to release them. And he released them a couple of days ago. Easiest way to see them is to just follow George Knapp on Twitter, G underscore Knapp. And then you can see these uh, images and they're from his organization, Mystery Wire. They're not from his organisation, Mystery Wire. I should say that they've been released via his organisation, Mystery Wire. And Mystery Wire is part of the Las Vegas-based news organisation that he works for. Yes, it's easy for me to say. And that is uh, Mystery Wire is also on Twitter. So first of all, George is at G underscore... K N A P P on Twitter, and then Mystery Wire is on Twitter as well, which is spelled, you know, Mystery Wire. And so that's got all of the bloody stuff there. And so th- those were three images of still, you know, uh, the unknown craft that were photographed by the navigator basically in a two seater jet. Yep, the pilot is in the front seat, the navigator. Is in the back seat and the navigator um, took photos of these three craft that still they don't know the you know the bloody Air Force and the US military who have been looking into this still don't know what these craft are they're different shapes they go by interesting names the acorn and the sphere I think is one of them and um, another one as well I can't remember what the other one is but it's like just these funny looking fun, funny shaped uh weird shaped craft yep but they're still photos okay um you know so that's interesting to see and they look funny you know quite interesting and uh, on mysterywire.com you can see and i think also on the mystery wire youtube video which is available throughout the world mysterywire.com is part of this bloody uh, news um, you know this this news company this news channel out of Las Vegas so that's blocked like unbelievably to people outside of Britain uh, outside of the United States you can VPN it you know get around with a VPN but anyway they upload everything onto their YouTube channel and so there's a report on that now but that was just the Taster, if you like, or the teaser, if you like, or the um, first bit of a course, what's that called? The, t- the thingy, you know, it's called <laughs> the starter. It's just a starter because then, yesterday, 8 pm, yesterday in the UK, 12 noon Pacific Standard Time, the documentary filmmaker. Jeremy Corbell who's most famous for this film which is on Netflix at the moment which is called Bob Lazar Area 51 and Flying Saucers which is definitely worth watching I've spoken about it in the past. Um, Jeremy Corbell um, released a a, astonishing video I mean there's no question about it video astonishing um, footage of filmed by um, The Navy, the U.S. Navy, of uh, three um, kind of like pyramids. What he describes as three pyramids. They look like triangles, float like basically like flying around. Two of them are static, one of them is flying around. The footage is about I don't know, like 15 seconds long or so, and it is amazing. And they still don't know what it is. The U.S. you know, kind of authorities and it's used as uh, a kind of like a, a well let's just go into this here, now this is Jeremy Corbel on Twitter it's definitely worth watching this it's like, how long? 18 seconds, it's really interesting it's been viewed, it's been up there for, oh, exactly 24 hours Like uh, literally 24 hours and a couple of minutes and it's been viewed 201 Thousand times, and you know, I thoroughly recommend that you jump over to Twitter and take a look at this. You can then go to his uh, website, which is called extraordinarybeliefs.com, for a very, very detailed explanation of how he got his hands on it and um, you know, kind of like but the, the story, the context essentially, really good context. And so, uh, let's just read through his little Twitter thread here about it. Um, We've got uh, three tweets. Starts with, the US Navy photographed and filmed pyramid shaped UFOs and spherical advanced transmedium vehicles. Here is that footage. Please visit my Instagram and ExtraordinaryReliefs.com to read all the details that I can share at this time. May the 1st, 2020, a classified briefing was generated about the UFO stroke UAP, which st- stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, phenomena, Phenomena, presence via the Office of Naval Intelligence. I am able to obtain information regarding these and other UAP-related briefings, as well as unclassified slides and some intriguing military-captured UAP footage. Those familiar with the briefings articulated to me that the goal was to destigmatize the UFO-UAP problem and to promote more intelligence collection regarding UAP incursions and encounters with active military deployments go to extraordinarybeliefs.com to read the full story and when you click on extraordinarybeliefs.com it comes up with a very detailed breakdown of like what it is where it where, where they kind of like filmed this stuff a very you know detailed breakdown basically it's he says that for years, like years ago, he's been making um, documentaries about, about you know, UFOs and that kind of thing for years. And well, I'll just read what he fucking says. Right? As an investigative filmmaker and journalist working in the field of UFO research, I receive anonymous communications and data drops on a daily basis. It's something I asked for publicly long ago. I provided my contact information and prompted for people to reach out with cases and leads regarding the UFO phenomenon. I've repeated this request on radio, television and popular podcasts. casts. Um, so over the years, the influx of data coming my way has grown to become almost unmanageable. I now receive no less than 900 actionable communications a month, often with large attachments of audio, photos and videos. So. He then goes on to talk about how, like, his filtering process. You know, this guy is a documentary filmmaker. Okay, fair enough. But he's working in cahoots with George Knapp, who is a, like, you know, this guy was an award-winning investigative journalist for years before he was approached by Lear, who came up with the thing, the scoop of the um, stealth bomber. Bloody you know, old school um, <laughs> paranormal blippers know all this, don't they? Yeah, but so these guys, like you know, it's, it's it go it's gone far beyond the drunk, uh, you know, farmer in the middle of nowhere, like, like like seeing, you know, some unreliable. Like it's totally. Not only do we have, um, you know, footage by, like, shot by the bloody Navy and then used in intelligence briefings by the, like, US military, but we also then, so that's like, you know, how kind of verifiable do you need? Do you know what I mean? But then you've also got on the other end, the guys that are being sent this, leaked this, they're also, like, thinking, well, we have to make sure that this is absolutely, like, you know, what they're saying that it is, you know? And so they're doing all of the checks possible for, for to be done. All of the checks possible to be done. And interestingly, as part of this kind of release, uh, Korba was interviewed by George Knapp, a fantastic interview that I'm going to play a part of in a moment, but the upshot is, if you're interested in this, watch the whole bloody interview, it's about 35 minutes long or something like that, because it's really interesting. They make the point, for some people, you know, you, you could have you know like a spaceship landing in or some kind of unidentified craft landing on the lawn of the White House, you know aliens coming out and waving and then they'd still loads of people would still think oh well it's it's just CGI or whatever. Do you know what I mean like there's there are you know some people aren't going to be convinced. And then of course you've got a whole bunch of people, like, some fucking, like, people on the internet, and they talk about, irritatingly enough, they t- I understand why, because I'm bloody talking about it, you know, but it's irritating, because you've got people on the internet who, this stuff has been around, like, circling in, uh, you know, intelligence and military circles for years, people are trying to work out, what the hell is this? Like, this stuff was filmed by the Navy, like, sent through the kind of, you know, usual channels, to our UFO uh, investigation department, which the US government still have, still run. And we've been trying to work it out, you know, okay, let's give it to Corbel because, you know, although it's part of a classified bunch of stuff, we can unclassify it and we can get it out there, declassify it, get it out there via Jeremy Corbel. And then like, you know, two hours after dropping the footage, People on the internet are going, oh, yeah, it's just like fucking aperture. Fuck off. Like, you kind of think, actually, you know, if you've had this stuff for a couple of years, you've probably thought, oh, yeah, is it the aperture? (laughs) How arrogant are these people thinking that they've got the answer a couple of hours later? And obviously they're conning it in. You know, these con them. So don't be conned by these, you know, assholes. You know what I mean? keep an open mind baby so anyway go to that thing watch that thing it's really really good and here's a little bit of old jezza jezza corb not jeremy Corbyn, no not fucking jeremy Corbyn, but jeremy corbell and here he is this is the conversation that he has with george knapp which is on youtube mystery wire just google uh, youtube search mystery wire
3: and they were pyramid shaped UFOs that came up on our uh, destroyers and on our, um, you know, navy uh, warships, and uh, we couldn't figure out whose they were. So
1: in the same time frame as the USS Kid, right? Are these ships traveling yeah. with
3: the kid? Yeah. Yeah. So at that time, that was in July, 2019. It got increasingly strange. The 14th and 15th in July, there were some like drone sightings. And by the way, on the other ships, they had different things that happened. So like some were just like lights that did figure eights and patterns and 90 degree turns. Uh, Others were like a different color light, like red. Uh, This was a dramatic event in July of 2019 off of the USS Russell that is intertwined because it was later in the month. And there's a hint to that in these um uh emails that were leaked or, or sorry that were obtained through uh tyler rogaway where there were there were other recent events this is what they're talking about
1: makes you wonder what uh, whether the agenda of whoever is flying these things has changed because there have been these um fairly dramatic ongoing disclosures i mean um things that appear in the sky in places where they know they're going to be detected off the east coast uh, of Virginia, of uh, Florida, you know, with, with these ships with all kinds of sensors and planes with all kinds of sensors. And this extended uh, series of events, um, the USS Kidd and then the, uh, the Russell and the Omaha, it's like they want to be seen now all of a sudden.
0: So it goes on. I mean, it's really fascinating stuff. There's George Knapp there. So he's trying to think. You know, what is going on? If you can uh, command or, or, you know, kind of pilot a transmedium craft, meaning that you can go through space, air, and water, you know, you and you know that, like, we, we know that, what's his name? Um, Corbel later on talks about how uh, there, there's, he's had a data dump. As you call it um, uh, of, of um, UFOs over nuclear facilities yep so this thing you remember from um, the phenomenon the capacity that they have to turn off nuclear facilities turn off and on nuclear facilities as they wish at their will extraordinary yeah and Corbel has said that he's had a data dump around that as well. So, you know, NAP is now thinking like, you know, if you can do that, what is, you, obviously you know that you're being watched. They want to be filmed, it seems like. They want to be kind of, um, you know, filmed. So what is their intent? And apparently Corbel was saying the reason why they were doing this wasn't just to destigmatize, you know, the kind of thing of UFOs. And part of the reason why... UFOs are now being called UAPs. Is part of that, you know, try to get away from calling them UFOs, obviously, and the, all of this kind of stigma associated with that phrase, that that term UFOs. Um, but it wasn't just to destigmatize it; it was also to to kind of answer that question: What is the intent? What is the intent of these, whatever they are? um flying around or the kind of you know whoever it is that's um piloting these things absolutely fascinating so i can't recommend that uh, enough for me it's the biggest story of the week closely followed by az f- closely followed by that old fucker dying so for the second time
2: see you later